Welcome, friends and fellow passionate entrepreneurial teachers. I am joined today by fellow entrepreneurial teacher and web designer, James Fudo. We met through the Metro West Chamber of Commerce, which is actually one of the best chambers that I have ever uh, been a part of, and it serves the, the greater Boston area in Massachusetts. So James is the president and chief technologist of JFV Solutions, and he's a web designer and or it's a web design and digital marketing agency. James has always loved technology, which led him to building his first website in 1996 while earning his master's in computer information systems at Bentley University. And after nearly 25 years as a career in corporate IT, James fulfilled his lifelong dream and transitioned from full-time employee to full-time business owner in January of 2021. JFV Solutions has sent built, since built high-performing websites for dozens of businesses throughout the U.S. And outside of work, James enjoys spending time with family and friends, learning the art of crafting the perfect pizza and karaoke. So welcome, James. And to kick things off, I think everybody would love to hear what made you take the leap three years ago to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. What was the moment that you decided I'm all in, I'm going to do this. Well, it's, it's funny. It's, it's actually um, something I've wanted to do for a very, very, very long time. Um, when I was 10 years old, so I'm going to actually go way back when I was 10 years old. Um, my dad had a few books that I um, noticed that were things like practical real estate brokerage and how to double your money in six years, which was a, um, a book about, you know, buying mortgages and things like that. He was in real estate um, when I was very, very young. Um, and then as I got older, I worked for a printing company when I was 16 years old. And the printing company actually print out Harvard business cases. So the ones that they use, like when I was at Bentley, um, we'd have to, we'd have them as part of our assignments. Obviously, if you're at Harvard, you need those. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember reading this one on a break once. So um, I was I was exposed to it at a pretty young age and it was something that I'd wanted to do, um, you know, right after college. It was something I had hoped to do. Um, I got kind of sidetracked. I decided to take a job and then another job and then another job. Um, in 1998, I, I bought the domain name jvf.com. So for the company and uh, knowing that at some point I would use it. Um, I started out as a freelance um, web designer. Um, I was a software engineer at a company, um, which was a dot-com company back in, in the days in the late 90s, and uh, was doing things like back-end coding and designing systems and things like that, which was kind of fun. Um, but I had always wanted to take that leap. So, you know, for many, many years, I was doing it part-time. Um, you know, on the side is you know, um, kind of having my foot in both doors. Um, as the pandemic hit, um, I started reevaluating a lot of things that I, you know, I had started and never finished. That was a habit um, that I had realized I had built up. Um, one of the first things I did is I finished a book that I started in 2008, got it published. And then I'm looking, I'm like, well, what's the next chapter or the next thing that I wanted to do? And that was to actually bring the business full time. I, you know, I'd gone a different, you know, a bunch of different routes and it just happened to be the right time. I'm like, you know, 
it's a it's a good time to walk away from where I was and um you know I can't really talk too too much about the circumstances that led up to it but like what what eventually ended up happening is I was at a point of transition and I I could go from you know I had the choice of going you know finding another job or doing what I was doing for many years or I looked at my age and I'm like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to, you know, be in my 50s, 60s, 70s and be like, oh, yeah, um, I should have done it, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago or whenever I had the chance. Um, and I kind of saw it as my last my last opportunity to get out there and. Um, and go for it. And um, so that's why I made the choice. I, I, I was looking at at my different options, too, and there was really. When I saw the available jobs out there um, and I compared it to what felt like I could do, um, I wanted to be able to contribute. Um, I wanted to be able to do something and give back. And I felt like, you know, a traditional job, and I'm not saying there aren't companies out there that allow you to do that, but um, when I look at where my life is today, the people I interact with, I mean, you know, Stephanie, you're one of those people that I get to interact with pretty regularly, which is good. And, um, you know, we had our, our three-year anniversary a couple um, weeks ago where it was great to have you and Ken come up from Connecticut, uh, you know, another friend slash client come from New Hampshire. Um, and, you know, that, while I didn't envision that at the time I made the choice, um, that night, when I was looking at the folks that came to support, you know, what, what JVF has grown into, um, I don't think I could have ever done that, um, by not being an entrepreneur. I mean, I, I, there, you get recognition within, you know, within companies and it's, it's not something that doesn't happen within companies. Like you, you can be a rock star within these organizations, but I just think it would have been a different, uh, journey to get that way. Um, where this journey is bringing me exactly where I feel like I need to be. So um, the reason I, I went with web design and digital marketing, it was something I was very, very familiar with. I've been active in the industry for, oh my gosh, a quarter of a century now. And uh, um, which is scary, more than a quarter of a century. <laughs> How far back was 1997, <laughs> 1996? Um, but uh, it, it to me was just something where I I love um, I love technology. I'm very passionate about helping businesses and um, the web design and the digital marketing. What that does is it, a, a lot of folks that we work with they they um, they're not really sure where to start, and it it can be very overwhelming. And um, again, I'm probably like going way too far on some of these things, but um, I also used to teach. So like, that's why this, um, when you told me about this podcast, it was perfect for me because um, I taught at night um, at a local uh, continuing ed program. And I taught things like blogging and WordPress and, uh, and digital marketing. I also taught public speaking and job interviewing and networking, but um, the digital marketing stuff, that was where I really felt like there was a huge opportunity because people would come to me and I'd be shocked at, at the proposals that they would share that people sent them. Um, you know, I remember a woman coming up to me and she's like, you know, I forget maybe a thousand dollars so she could get a thousand uh, subscribers to her Facebook page before the ads were as popular as the way they worked out now. It's probably like 15 years ago. Um, 
And I said, okay, so you spend a thousand dollars, you get a thousand people that like your page. What's next? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And I said, what's probably next is this person's going to say, all right, join my $300 a month program and I'll do all the posts for you. And I'm like, you've got to be prepared for that. And I, I just find it, um, it's a huge pet peeve that I have in this industry where people are constantly, you know, bad stories about getting ripped off, you know, um, you know, hiring people to do something like somebody reached out to us. Um, they had the wrong state in their on their website and they just didn't know how to how to update it. It took me three minutes to go in and do it for them. And I was just like, don't worry about it. It's it's my pleasure to help you. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just it, it's for me being able to go out and help people. Um, and make sure that they're going, they're following the right journey, they're on the right journey to go to where they need to be to be successful online. I mean, that's our mission. Our mission is to help to ensure that everybody has the ability to be successful online. That's our mission. Um, and it's something that, you know, I feel like I should have it tattooed on my eyelids. <laughs> so every time I blink, I remember it. But um it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I say to the team all the time, it's like, you know, when we're making a decision or we're talking about, you know, um, a proposal that we're doing for somebody or a job that we're doing. And it's like, all right, will this make them more successful online? That's kind of our asset test for whether or not, you know, we we go one way or another. So that is my long, probably like 20 minute story about how I got into it and why. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was perfect. And you, you you did answer a few of my questions, but it also sparked a, a few more. Uh, so to start going back to that decision that you made where you were at a, a choice point, what advice would you give to someone that finds themselves in that kind of position? Because I, I feel like in your story, there is a, a long period of preparation that you didn't necessarily know was building to that choice to make the leap but you know a lot of a lot of entrepreneurship is you know kind of building building the plane on on the way down you got to just jump and, and you know build the bicycle while you're riding it whatever analogy you want to use um but at the same time you also don't want to completely put yourself in a position where you're panicking about how you're going to feed your family so what advice would you give to someone if they're at that choice point yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of ads on YouTube, for example, of people that are, you know, they they take a certain approach to entrepreneurship where it's like, either they're like, if you're not an entrepreneur, you're a loser, you know, anyone that doesn't work for, you know, you work for somebody else, oh my gosh, you're not cool. Um, and then there's also ads that I see where people are um, saying things like, you know, it's, it's easy to do, you know, you you know, I own my own business. I fly on pri private jets. I do this. I do that. You know, I have a mansion. Um, I feel like those are very misleading and it it sends the wrong message to people. Um, <clears throat> so my advice to, to begin with is to talk to people that are actually out doing it in the trenches. I mean, there's um, there's statistics out there that like 80% of businesses fail within five years and um, I don't know how true those are and how accurate they are today. I don't, you know, the numbers have probably changed. But um, one thing that always strikes me is it was the the CEO of NVIDIA um, recently was asked, like, 
you know, how would he do things differently? And he's like, I wouldn't start a business. <laughs> it was, he said, starting, it was like a million times harder than he expected it to be. And there is, I wouldn't say it's a million times. It is a lot more difficult to do it than, than you realize. And I mean, um, having done this, you know, part-time for, you know, 20 plus years, um, even transitioning into it, I, I had taken probably my last four or five years of my, you know, at my, most recent job that I left, um, I took time off from doing that. And I just focused on work. I just, I, I, I didn't have a schedule that allowed me to continue to do this. You know, I had maybe one or two clients that I would help a couple times throughout the year, but, um, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like as heavy into it. And even in that small period of time, a lot of things changed. So I'm thinking, all right, um, I had I had done a run, you know, maybe let's say 10, 10 years prior, where um I I was ramping up the um the freelancing, you call it. And I got a lot of my leads through Craigslist back then. Um then when I went to do this three years ago, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go on Craigslist, I'll um post a whole bunch of ads, I'll have more clients and I'll know what to do with. And you know, a lot of things had changed. Craigslist had changed. Um, they charge you money for ads. So well, what I was getting for free was going to cost me about $300 a week. Um, and then I realized too, that it wasn't really the target audience that I wanted to go for, because a lot of times people are, are looking for, you know, cheap, low cost stuff. Um, we're, we're more of a boutique higher end. Um, so those are the types of things that like, it's so much more difficult to do than people um, lead you to believe. It's going to be a lot of long hours. Um, you know, you it, it's going to take time for you to get up to where you want to be. I, I spent the first year kicking myself saying, oh, I should have done this a year ago. I should have done this. But it's also part of the learning process because, um, you know, I made, I still make mistakes and we, we all do. Um, and, what I've my mindset when it comes to mistakes is that, oh, yeah, this is a mistake that it's, you know, let's say it's costing me $200 right now. Um, it's probably going to save me 20,000 five years from now because I'll remember not to do that. But the the advice I, I would give, um, and again, I'm very wordy sometimes with my responses, so um, is just to really ask around and talk to people, go to, you know, go to your local chamber, go to a local business association, uh, you know, networking group, uh, networking events where there are entrepreneurs there and ask them. I've had a number of people that um, have reached out to me that they've, they've met me in an event or they've found me online and asked if they could just pick my brain for 30 minutes. And a lot of us are, are you know, it's, we're a community and we all want to help each other. Um, so I, I do that quite a bit. I'm I'm always there to share my stories, share my mistakes, so people other people don't have to make them. Um, but it's you know it's something that yeah you you know if you can start it well you know you want to be able to transition. It's a that's a little bit of a catch twenty two when you do that because um, the more money you make, like you know when you're making let's say fifty thousand a year, eighty thousand, or a hundred or two hundred, you know as you start as your income starts growing that's a larger gap you're going to start off with when you start your business, because most people, when they, you know, when they go from a job to a, a business, that income level is going to drop significantly. So you've got to be prepared for that. You want to make sure that you have some money saved up. Um, you want to be smart about what you do. 
Um, I know people that they've had to take out loans on their houses and things like that to keep their, their businesses going. Thankfully, I have not had to do that. But um, you've got to be really committed to it as well. So the other difficult piece, because a lot of people will start, you know, start it as a side business, is that you really got to make a decision at some point. And um, it's different for everybody. So you've got to figure out where that point is. And, you know, maybe you decide, all right, it's a review cycle at your work. Maybe, you know, um, it's a time where you're thinking about growth and you're like, all right, in the next year, I'm going to do all this stuff at work. I'm going to do all this stuff to transition away from my business so that when I have my next review, I collect my raise or collect whatever. And then I, I move on And it's something where, you know, you've got to, you've got to make that transition at some point, you know, on the other extreme, there's the whole burn the boats, um, you know, um analogy for it where it's just like yeah you know i think it was cortez that um um you know he burned all the boats so his crew had no choice but to attack and you know i mean that's that's sometimes what you've got to do um depending on your personality but you know you've got to talk it over if you you know have a significant other or spouse you have a family um you've got to think about the people other than yourself um you know, like I, I had a lot of discussions with people that were close to me when I I was making the decision of what to do next. And, you know, and sometimes you get to sell the idea. Them. Um, but, you know, it, it's just and it can go either way. There's no guarantee that your business will be successful, but there's also no guarantee that it will fail. So, um, you know, it's a lot of figuring things out. You've got to have the stomach for it. You've got to know that you know, you're not going to have um, a consistent income for a little while. And that little while, it could be a few months, it could be a few years, you don't know. Um, I see people on Shark Tank all the time that have, have like seven, eight-year-old businesses that are bringing millions of dollars, but they don't take a salary. Um, and they haven't at all. So um, there's a, a level of commitment that you've got to be aware of. And, and, and everybody's situation is unique. So in order to be able to do that, um, you want to make sure that you you have conversations with folks that are, you know, in a similar industry, you know, not necessarily a potential competitor, but like a, a potential supplier, potential customers, um, you know, learning from people that are doing what you want to do is helpful, but, you know, you may not get um, a lot of information or people that want to talk to you, but um, anything you can to learn about the industry the environment and the economy too. The economy is always in flux. It's changing. Um, so it's very difficult to predict anyway. It's like, you know, um, if, if you're thinking of being like a commercial real estate developer in 2018, that at the time sounded like a great idea. And, you know, and then it's um, this pandemic hit. No, you know, a lot of folks are working remote. Commercial real estate isn't really you know, it's starting to bounce back a little bit, but it's not what, you know, quite what it was. So, you know, the other thing too, is you got to think about what potential threats are and, you know, so. That a was a fabulous answer. Yeah, no, that was, <laughs> there were a lot of really good things in there. And I, I like how each, each piece of what you've talked about so far has come back to the, the human element. So recognizing the community, connecting with people, uh, making sure you check in with your spouse or, you know, significant relationships that you have when you're going to make a leap like this. You know, you need, you're going to need that support, just like it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a business too. So you need to know that everybody's on board. And even, 
the way that you look at your your business, even though it's a digital online you know, web building thing, you're, you still talked about really bringing the humanity into that digital space. And I know you do a lot of contribution work. So can you tell us a little bit about how that contribution plays into what you do? How does how does contribution go with web design? Um, it's interesting because it's more of um, our culture. So when when I started this, one of the things I wanted to do, there was, you know, I've worked for a number of companies, both big and small throughout the years. And there's things I've liked about each of them. And there's things that um, I felt like we could do differently. So, um, and I'm reading a book about culture right now too. So that's it's like really on my brain right now. Um, and, you know, I think having that culture um, and the people that you bring on board on your, you know, with your team, I think it's, um, it all starts kind of with it. And um, the people that, that we, we hire, especially lately, um, they're all like, you know, I can teach people how to code. I can teach people how to do whatever, but like teaching people to be a good person is very, very difficult. Um, so it's like, you know, and I, and I try to lead by example. So I'm involved in uh, this program called Read to a Child. So um, every Tuesday and Wednesday, I, you know, I go to a, a local school. I have two fourth graders that I read to um, for 30 minutes. Um, and watching the value that those kids get from it, it, to me makes me feel good and my team sees it as well because they you know they know it's like all right tuesday he's running to read to a child you know like they know that i'll i'll be unavailable if they need something for you know for those times um and it's you know a lot of it you've got to lead by example and that's where i think a lot of a lot of business owners fail because it's like do what i say not do as i do and um so it it starts with that but i i've always had a um I have a soft spot for nonprofits. There's um, the city that we're in. Uh, we have a number of nonprofits. We're working with um, a downtown uh, business development um, nonprofit that, that promotes all these local businesses. So we've gone down, we've done some free marketing for them uh, where we've, you know, gone, done some videos for, for different um, businesses and just kind of help point them in the right direction. I mean, we're not, Many of them don't have a, a marketing budget, but um, we're able there, you know, we're still able to just kind of help them out, show them what what they can do. Uh, that personally makes me feel good. I mean, I know we're not, we don't want to be a nonprofit ourselves, as I joke. <laughs> I mean, we are here, you know, it, it's as a business, you, you know, you've got to stay in business. But um, I just feel like it's just it, being a good member of the community. You've got to go out and help people. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff like you do for the chamber. We volunteer, um, you know, we're ambassador. I'm an ambassador just as you are, Stephanie. And um, it's just in the connections you make with these folks, like knowing, like seeing the difference. Um, you know, we have, um, we have a, um, a client we did some work for. We helped out with, with some things that, they help with food insecurity. And for me, it was a, a lesson. And um, I, I used to do Lean Six Sigma and I love process efficiency. And when they took me through um, their operation, which is this big warehouse where people can come in and they pick their groceries, you know, they just, it, it's, you know, you can't afford to feed your, you or your family this week. Just come on in here. We'll take care of you. Um, the bags that they give, they give people reusable bags that are made from um, 
like pet food bags that are sterilized and, and cleaned. So those things are not going in landfills. They're helping people. And then these people, when they go shopping, they can reuse the bags. Um, the, the way they handle their produce is that whatever produce isn't taken, it's, you know, it's stored as long as it, it's, they're able to. And then they use the leftover produce to um, create soups and other like types of meals with it. And then whatever's left over from that either gets composted or fed to uh, livestock. Um, in the area gets shipped off to a farm even the um a lot of their donations come in um cardboard that cardboard sent to a farmer that composts it um like i can go on and on about the efficiency of that operation but like you know for me i'm glad we helped them out but then also you know there is a side benefit that we learn as well um and the connections you make are are you know priceless it's it's more good people in your circle. And um, Harvey McKay once said that, you know, there's a key mentioned the concept of doing well by doing good. And while I don't always have the doing well part in the back of my mind, and I won't say that it always contributes to that. Um, when I, you know, when I look in the mirror, or when I go to bed at night, and I'm thinking about things, what makes me feel really good is knowing that we're out there helping people in the community. I mean, I've had I've had so many people that are so grateful for just either an introduction or someone, you know, they're like, oh, I was going to go this direction. And I'm like, eh, that's not really the right thing you want to do, or you don't need to spend money on that. It's here's a free tool to help you do it. Um, you know, I mean, we tell people about Canva all the time. You use a free version of Canva, you're, you know, why hire? Not, not that we want to put ourselves or other people that do graphic design out of business, but like, you know, if you, you can't afford to hire someone to do a business card in like 20 minutes, you can do them yourself on Canva or, or you know, similar program, bring them to a local printer and, you know, for a fraction of the cost of, you know, hiring someone to do it for you. So um, it, it's just something that, that um, you know, and I, I've been, as a as an adult, I've been you know involved in a lot of the local programs. We belong to a bunch of local business organizations. Um, when people need help, we're always like, you know, what can we do? How can we promote your events? How can we, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be big, like because you know you may not have time, you may not have the money to donate, but like, you know, something as simple as liking and sharing their social media posts, like you know if someone's doing a gala or they're doing a fundraiser share it on your social media. It costs you nothing to do that. And it takes like only a few seconds, just, you know, write a quick blurb, you know, so-and-so is having this event, you know, this fundraiser, if you can contribute, um, do it, especially around the end of the, the calendar year when people are trying to maximize those tax deductions. So, you know, time it um, a certain way too, but it's, it just, if it, it feels good to be part of a community and I, I've been, I've been touched, um, by, you know, just some of the experiences um, on on my wall. You can't see it over here, but two of the kids, actually the two that I'm reading to now, you know, I have these nice notes and, you know, they the compliments that they give the coordinator there about, you know, me and the other readers, it's just, you know, you can't put a price on it. That's awesome. There's, again, a lot of really good stuff for business owners to, to pull from there. Um, and we, we've we always done the same thing, especially with our martial arts school as a, a local brick and mortar business. Our favorite 
way to market has just been to get out in the community because then people talk about you. They see you at the town fairs and they see you, you know, at the charity events and contributing online, you know, in the different ways you were talking about supporting other local businesses uh, and events that are going on. And then, you know, that word of mouth spreads. You build that no like, and trust. It's not going to necessarily be as fast as maybe running a really successful Facebook ad, but the, the people you're going to draw in are the people, the clients that you want to work with, the students that are, that are going to fit with your tribe, you know? So, so that's awesome. Now, one thing that was in there was a whole lot of stuff. And I know we recently talked about time and trying to figure out how to balance all of these things. So I'm curious, I know you were kind of starting to to think about that. Um, how how do you, or how have you been experimenting lately with balancing your time so that you can do all of these various things and still do the work? <laughs> well, it's funny. I found a video recently that had, I don't know, like 10 or 15 different time management um, tools and tips and techniques and all this stuff and they reviewed them all in depth and I'm like holy smokes there's like so much out there on it um what I've found is just throughout the years I mean I've I've had to evolve the way I I do my my planning I mean I use a calendar um that's my my number one tool um what I love about that is um you know I have Android Auto in my truck so I can just push a button on my steering wheel if, you know, while I'm driving and not being distracted, because trust me, I drive me crazy when I see people on their cell phones when they're supposed to be paying attention to the road. But um, I can just like on my steering wheel, hit a button and then just say create new appointment. Um, and it'll be a reminder for maybe if I'm getting home like yesterday, I had to run an errand and then I was coming back to the office, didn't want to forget to do something. So I put that in there. Um, I use a bunch of different apps to um to track what I do every day and plan out my day. Um, and those tools are always changing, but um, I have a running to-do list. And then I also, every day I, I plan it out, try and plan it out the night before. Um, if I'm unable to, um, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll plan it out first thing in the morning. Um, I have a very, um, you know, regimented routine. Um, I, I work in an office. I don't work out of my house. And that is, um, something that I found to be incredibly helpful because it creates that separation. You know, when we were all stuck at home during the pandemic, um, you don't have that. So like your time is just a blur. And uh, even both when I, I was working full time when the pandemic started, I was with my business when it and it tapered off. And, um, you know, being able to not get distracted when you go upstairs to, you know, to get a drink of water and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to run the dishwasher. Or, oh, I got to, you know, or there's mail on the table that you want to deal with in here. I'm focused hundred percent on work. Um, so that, you know, that, that's been huge, you know, my morning routine, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I do a lot of, um, I, I have a, a process that I go through every morning. I get up at roughly the same time. Um, I do, um, you know, I do a set of readings that's faith related, you know, from my, I'm a, I'm a practicing Catholic. So, <laughs> um, I have, uh, I read the daily mass every morning for me because it's just, to me, it just kind of gets me in the right uh, mode, but I also look at some inspirational stuff as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, I have, I don't drink coffee, so I have tea in the morning. So to perk me up, 
<laughs> get my morning my morning hit of caffeine um and uh you know i'll review my um i review my um my plan for the day and then it's just when i get in the office it's like execute um you know there's a lot of things out there like uh, i like to have music in the background so um i have a spotify playlist that i created of just background music which uh, you'd love because a lot of it is Disney theme park background music. So um, it's actually called, I'm looking at my other screen that has it up. Uh, it's called like JVF office playlist. So if you search for it on, on Spotify, you're welcome to use it. Um, I'll definitely do that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, that's kind of where I got the inspiration from um, where I like, you know, I, I can't work in silence. I like something in the background. And that, you know, that just helps me, uh, brings me to a place that that I always am happy where I'm at. Happiest place or most magical place on earth, right? Um, but then, you know, other things like uh, something I've started doing recently, I was a big, I was a wrestler in high school and I, I as a kid, I loved pro wrestling. Um, so I started watching Monday Night Raw again. So that's, you know, either it's hard to take it all in three hours on a Monday night, but like often I'll record it and I won't look at any spoiler on Tuesday or Wednesday or however late it takes for me to, to, um, to get to it. But I, I also think you've got to prioritize time with yourself, you know, for yourself. For me, it's just like, it gives me, you know, something other than work to think about because I'll be honest, you know, the last few years, it's always been work, work, work. It's, you know, my friend, there's a, a blurred line between who's a friend and who's a client. <laughs> like when, when we had our event the other night and I'm like, oh, this is my friend or, and I'm naming clients and I'm like, yeah, and that's, but it, it's like everybody, it, you know, you have, you, you kind of need that, that, um, you know, they say work-life balance, but you need some kind of a separation. And, and, you know, that's like, you mentioned the karaoke, there's a bunch of us, we go to karaoke pretty regularly. Um, that you know while we're business you know we we know each other through the business world of things um but we're also friends some of us have, were friends first and did business some of us business then friends um but you know the the ultimate thing there is it's just like you've got to have that fun um you know you're going to make time to go out there and enjoy yourself and not just be in front of your computer working and working and working because what's going to happen is you're going to end up hating your job and hating your business. I mean, for me, I love what I do, but there's times where, you know, I'm like trying to solve a technical challenge and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I had to figure out how to um, create a zip code search for products and, you know, coding that out took me a while. And I'm like, I had to just step away. I'd be, you know, focused, writing it out on the right, on the whiteboard, writing it down on paper, researching it and I like I'd be lying in bed at night um thinking about it I'd wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it I'd get up in the morning thinking about it like how can I make this more efficient what can I do you know how what about this feature what about that and um you know so you want you want to have that that separation so you know I think everybody's different so like what works for me may not work for other folks um so like, you know, like some people use the Pomodoro technique, some people, they use the uh, first things first, you know, they, depending on what book they've read, um, you know, a, a lot of times what I find is I've always been different, because that is a nice way to say it. Um, and so a lot of times I just find that I have to kind of create my own thing. 
And um, so I, I have, you know, I have my own system that I've built and I'm still refining it to this day. <laughs> Every year I go in and look at the templates that I create and, and, and tweak those. But um, yeah, I mean, you want to have a process for doing things. You want to make sure everything's documented. You want to, there's so many time saving tips out there. Um, but it's, it's really just kind of like sticking to a schedule and, um, and having a routine that you follow to get you started on the right frame of mind. Um, and also know that it'll change. You'll, you know, as you grow and your, your business grows and your needs grow, um, what, what you're doing now may not be appropriate for you when, you know, your business is bigger, you know, you may be a one person shop right now, solopreneur, and then, you know, you start hiring people your time management is going to be completely different because you'll be focused more on delegation and less on, you know, prioritization of the enormous <laughs> workload that you have in front of you. So those are some tips. Yeah, that was a, a perfect case study for what we talk about in Momentum Learning Systems and the work that we do for living a life of integration. It's the, the same thing for us. Actually, a lot of the routines that I have are very similar, you know, kind of that. I know Tony Robbins called it like an hour of power. And then you have Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. So there's a lot of ways of looking at, you know, the routine of starting your day well. But, you know, what you talked about, just starting with a little bit of time for yourself, a little bit of inspiration, something that's going to fill you up and, and get you ready and your mindset in the right place for the day is a great way to start. And then with our our employees, which I always feel weird even saying that word because they're, you know, they're, they're our family. Like I, we spend Christmas Eve together. I don't have any siblings. So that my employees are basically my kids, aunt and uncle, you know, it's, it's this appropriate enmeshing and, and integration where everyone's on the same page the culture is there so that we've created you know this space where that we can all be ourselves we're all moving and looking in the same direction and passionate about the same things and then that allows us to all work together in a much more relaxed and productive way because we're all on the same page we're integrated so that was excellent and now do you have um you, you kind of I think you talked about it a lot but I was I've heard a lot of indications of um, moments of reflection where you're, you are very aware and paying attention as you move through your life. So do you have any specific systems or like checkpoints throughout the year or any, any, any thoughts on, on that reflection piece? Because that's how we keep learning and growing. You have to look at where you are, what you did to get here and then figure out where you want to go and what you need to do to move forward. So how do you reflect and evolve? It's funny you mention that because, um, you know, I think we all, we're all growing. And one of the things that I learned over the summer um, with the team was that I'm, I was primarily focused. I, I would see life as this giant to-do list. So I'd be like, you know, sitting with the team, I'm like, crap, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. It's like, you know, why is this taking so long? Not, you know, at like, picking on somebody, but more of a rhetorical question. Why is all this stuff taking us so long? You know, like, and they would sometimes put me in check and be like, you know, we've done this, 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 and this. And I'm like, you're right. And it's funny because most of my team members are are half my age or younger. Um, and um, it's, it's interesting to get their perspective on things because I'm like, you know, it, 
you always think that all right you're the old old person in the room um you know more than everybody here because of your title you know and it's not true i learn a lot from you know um a lot of our team members are just fresh out of college you know and um this is like their first real work experience and um i i learn from them they learn from me and it's a, it's a two-way street so um that's like you know i don't i don't schedule reflections so much like i don't um i mean i do at end of the month um usually even at the end of the week you know subconsciously i'll um i'll think about you know look at at what we've accomplished throughout the week um we're going to have a more formal process around it um as you know as we're continuing to grow and and things are where the company is you know um evolving and moving to the next level but um it's it's pretty organic it's just like it happens when it does and i'll, I'll use a, a great example is um we had um we had this this person that interned for us this summer and um you know he and another one of the interns from the summer um were they they had been working together all summer but they didn't really it's not that they didn't connect but they just like that friendship that there was a lot of potential for good friendship there um but it just you know it just kind of evolved slowly and then i put the two of them on a project and all of a sudden it's like the way they were palling around with each other i mean we have that little kitchen downstairs where they were um we had you know we always do like pizza lunches here so they were like having a blast like they they teamed up together and that connection that it's like it's where you would have expected them to be after working together for two or three months but it's like instead of it gradually going there it's just like boom like all of a sudden it's like you could um you know you could just see how all of a sudden it's just like that friendship just materialized and you know as a as, as someone looking at it on the outside i was just like i walked back thinking it was magical like to me um when you see see that on the team and you know it's it's just it was a perfect example of of how you know we bring people together both within our organization and outside of you know the community that we're part of um that that just kind of got it, it got me thinking about how you know what we do here um it's more than just it's not you know it's it's more than just being it's more than a business it's it's um yeah i don't want to say it's a way of life but it's it is um you know it, it's it's definitely a process and it's definitely um you know, a bunch of just events, but like that one in particular, I don't know if I really described it well enough, but just seeing these two guys just, you know, hang out and just have a good time over pizza and talking about a project they just wrapped up. It just, it personally made me feel great. And I'm like, and I, I tease the two of them about it to this day. I'm like that, that moment was just, it, it just always stands out in my mind. And um, it's kind of like an inside joke in the sense that it means probably a lot more to me than, than to anyone that I'm describing it to. But that's kind of how a lot of stuff works with me. It's like, you know, when I, I see people grow, um, you know, we have we have some folks that were with us just for the summer. We have folks that have been with us for, you know, about a year, over a year. Um, and watching them grow, it's like kind of like with children. You just kind of look at them. Um, 
in the sense that it's like, you know, because I always make the comparison and, you know, some people don't like the analogy, but it's like when you're, when you're a manager, you're like a parent, you know, you, you're responsible for the growth and protection of the people that work for you. Um, just like you are, if you have children and, um, the one thing I always look at is growth, you know, regardless of how old somebody is, um, and watching them grow, watching people move outside their comfort zone, you know, seeing people that were like a little camera shy that are now like out there taking selfies and, you know, um, talking to, um, you know, like, uh, I brought one of our team members with me to, um, on a client, um, we went to um, to her store to talk to her about a couple of things, and she started. My my team member started talking, and I'm just sitting there watching her, and I'm like blown away. She's like, "Well, you want to do this, 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 and this," and I'm just like sitting there trying not to grin too much because I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" It's like you know, it's like watching your kid graduate, <laughs> um, and it's like you see all of this stuff, and it's like sometimes you don't realize how much people are picking up, and Afterwards, she said to me, she's like, oh, I hope it's okay that I, I spoke. I hope I, I'm like, it was more than okay. <laughs> like I said, I was sitting there. I'm like, wow, I should just send you out to do this stuff. I'm like, I said, I didn't realize how much you picked up, how much you've learned, how much um, and how well you carry yourself. I'm like, I, you know, for me, it was a, a huge eye opening experience because I, I was just like, I couldn't, I was proud. I was like, I, I'm just like, I'm very excited for you um, for being able to grow like that. So it's it's like those things are the memories that stick out, out to me. I mean, yeah, we look at, um, at the end of the month, we look at our financials. I do have a form, I, I do have some formal processes, obviously at the end of the year when, you know, we're, we're um, especially like around Thanksgiving, um, our fiscal year does go, we use the calendar year for our fiscal year. So um, when I'm looking at receivables and looking at what we've got to finish up for the rest of the year, um, you know, at the end of every quarter, are we meeting those goals? Like we do have processes in place for that, but like um, to me, it's just, it's the more organic, natural stuff that comes up that, that I always remember. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's what differentiates um, doing this to stuff I've done in the past. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you're when you're doing work that matters, it is a way of life. You know, like you said, I think that was an apt way of putting it because you're it's not just you're again, you're not just building websites. It's it's more about the the connection and the contribution and then just the vehicle that you're that you happen to be in at this point is web design. And it, that's always been the same way for us with the martial arts. It's just, it was the best way for us to contribute and build meaningful human connections. And that's evolved and expanded over the years. But in the end, it all comes back to just doing work that matters. So that was, that was beautiful. Now, I do want to ask you a, like, kind of a more technical question about your expertise. So, <laughs> so if you can build a website on Wix for, $25 a month or something like that. Uh, so why should someone pay thousands of dollars to have a website built when you can do it on Wix for much cheaper? So what does the average person not know about how websites work? Well, it's, I've got to be careful on how I answer this because um, I, 
I just, I personally don't like Wix as a platform. I mean, I think it's acceptable and I think it's a great tool because there are businesses out there that, um, you know, they watch a two hour video on YouTube and they can put together a Wix website that looks pretty good. And I'm not going to lie. It's something that is sufficient for many businesses. And, you know, I talk to people a lot of times. In fact, I was just talking to someone recently about this. And I'm like, yeah, what you really need is a brochure site. You, you know, you're not looking to get SEO through it. It's really just there. It's kind of like a LinkedIn profile for you. You know, you want to just, you need a website to show that you're a legitimate business, but you're not ready for, um, you know, you don't need to have any fancy tools on there. It really just has to have maybe, you know, uh, you know your business name, your logo, how to find your business, um, your contact info and things like that. Um, and that's where I think it's perfectly acceptable to use a site like Wix. And I mean, you know, it's the the challenges is that we see a lot of businesses that they start on Wix and then they grow and then they outgrow Wix. So that's why we always recommend WordPress. Um, with WordPress, it's like a solid foundation. I joke, it's kind of, um, this is a little crass, but like I always say with um, with WordPress, you own the trailer, you, made it, you don't own the land, but you own the trailer so you can pick it up and move it. Um, with Wix, it's a little bit more challenging. So, um, you know, we've we've done some Wix and Shopify and Squarespace um, conversions for folks that have outgrown those platforms because those platforms do have their limitations. Um, you know, one site, you know, we were looking at where, um, you know, the, the platform, I think it was Wix actually, that um, limits the amount of variants you have. So like, let's say hypothetically you're a candle company. You create a website on on uh, Wix, and then you want to do a um, let's say you have forty different scents of candles. You want to do a three pack. Well, and I <laughs> I should have picked a better example because I can't do the math in my head for this. But it's like forty times forty times forty. You've got to create variations for it. Um, you know, using their platform. And if you only have forty variants and you know forty kinds of candles, it's pretty easy for you to do it yourself and and you don't need to necessarily hire somebody um, to do that. But then like you start doing more complex things where maybe you want to use a different payment processor because Wix is taking you know, 3% of your, you know, um, your, all your payments. And if you can go with an independent one, you can probably cut that in half. Um, you can, you know, Wix doesn't allow, I think they they limit you to something like 75, at least the last time I looked, it was like either 75 or 100 variants. So, you know, if you have two, you know, 40 times 40 is 800, because it's like, you have candle one and candle one, candle two and candle two, candle, you know, one and candle two, candle one and candle three, like you can kind of understand it's like, you know, it, it's like a factorial to get into the actual math terms. So, um, you know, you have all these different variants in there and some of those platforms aren't able to support that. Now, like, you know, let's say you're a, um, you're, a, you know, a, a bookkeeper and uh, or a CPA and, you know, all you want is just, um, you know, so people can look you up and find you online. You know, a Wix site is, is okay. And there's times where people will come to us and they're like, oh, I want this, I want this. And I'm like, you can have that. Um, but I mean, this is a more low cost thing. And um, I, I had a conversation with somebody last week just on this exact topic where I'm like, yeah, you can probably get away with that. But if you, you know, if you want to grow, like what happens a lot of times with people is that 
you know, they'll start a Wix website and then they'll, they'll start doing their blogs on there. And then they decide, oh my gosh, I need to add this functionality in. I want to, um, I've started doing YouTube videos and like we have, um, we have controls that are, um, we call plugins that we can add to a WordPress site that allows you to, it connects right to your YouTube channel. And um, so when you have to upload a video to YouTube, your website automatically gets updated. So you don't have to go in and do the work twice. Um, on Wix, that's very, very expensive and difficult to do. On um, on WordPress, you know, it's something we can do pretty, pretty um, easily. Um, so, you know, like when they want to make a move and they have 300 blog posts that they put on Wix, um, it's just, you know, it's just more work to move it over. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, moving from one house to another. You know, if you can pick it up and just put it on a truck and move it, you know, the, there's a cost associated there. But if you have to kind of rebuild the whole thing in a whole new place, there's a much bigger cost that way. So that's really the key for it. I mean, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to answer a question you didn't ask because I asked this question myself because I see a lot of folks. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a web designer. I'm like, cool, what platforms you work on? Oh, Wix. And I'm like, okay. Um, and, you know, I think, there's, there's a place for those folks too, because they're people that need a very, very low cost solution. Um, but, you know, to me, it's like, I don't think there's a lot of value in, you know, a lot of opportunity out there for that because, you know, if someone can just figure out how to do it themselves, it's Wix is very, very easy to use. Um, so like, yeah, why would you go out and hire, hire someone to do your Wix site for you, you know? Um, when you can probably do it yourself, it's kind of like, to me, it's, I, I use the analogy of cutting your lawn, right? Like, you know, I, I could cut, I, I pay somebody to cut my lawn, but, um, for what I pay him every year, I could probably buy two lawnmowers and enough gas to cut it twice a week, you know? Um, but it's the time that I'm saving. So like, that's kind of the other, the other piece of it, um, is that, you know, like with us, um, and I can go on and on about this because, you know, with um, with Wix, you're kind of stuck with Wix. Um, you know, you're stuck with their infrastructure. With WordPress, you don't like your hosting company, you can move it. You don't like your web designer, you can move it over um, to somebody else. Like, you know, it's, so that's really high level, um, you know, why some businesses, Wix isn't the right, you know, um, answer for them. I do think that Wix is a better platform than Squarespace. Um, I think they're better for SEO and better for security than Squarespace is. Um, but again, I don't, you know, I don't claim to be an expert on those technologies. I know enough about it. We have people on the team that support those platforms for folks that need it. But um, we're, we're primarily all of our new websites are done in, in WordPress. So. All right, that leads me to my my wrap-up questions here. So the first one that I like to ask people is, what should someone look for in someone who does what you do? How do you find someone that's a, a trustworthy web designer? I think, um, you know, and I, I want to be careful how I word this because there's just there's a lot of folks in this industry that aren't trustworthy. Um but you want to really find someone that's really passionate about what they're doing, whether it's web design or any any business. And you can usually figure that out when you talk with them, because if, um, you know, I, I do most of the web design for us and I'm involved in every project. 
And uh, because that's what I'm passionate about, you know, and, and it's kind of like the team will have to sometimes pull me away from uh, because I, I get too involved sometimes, I think, because I'm like, oh, I, you know, because I want everything to be perfect. Right. Um, so I think, you know, asking people really understanding what, where their passion is. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that sell web design and they don't they really don't do it. They don't really understand it. They may think they understand it because they've read a bunch of stuff or maybe they've built a couple sites on their own. But, um, you know, I always ask people to to challenge your web designer and ask them how they tackle a really difficult problem. Like, you know, I want to, yeah, there, there's basic stuff that anyone can do, like, you know, putting pictures and videos on a page. But like, you know, when you talk to them and say, oh, I have, um, you know, I, I use this, this CRM, how can I integrate WordPress into that and find or integrated into my website. You know, how do I put a, um, a mortgage calculator on my on my website? How do I do this? And then that, that's what you'll see because you want to really assess the skills of who you're dealing with. Um, you know, you want a web designer that can grow with you. And it's the same with, again, any, any business. Like, you know, like you, you guys do martial arts. So, um, you know, if you're only like a green belt, you know, um, when someone gets to green belt, it's like, how are you going to teach them all the way up to black? Or if you are, you know, you're a first degree black belt, you know, obviously there's only one 10th degree black belt in, in Shaolin Kempo. But like, if, um, you know, someone wants to progress beyond black belt, you know, you want to have someone that's a seven or eighth degree black belt that can, you know, you want to always have, you want your web designer to be skilled enough that they can take your business to whatever level it needs to be. So those are the types of questions I would ask. It's like, what's your skill set? What do you, you know, how, show me some of the things that you personally, because we have, there's platforms and I'm going to actually name some names on platforms. There's two that in particular that I tell people to shy away from. Um, you know, there's a, a platform called Duda and um, that a lot of people build websites in. Everyone that's come to me with the Duda site has been unhappy. Um, I, I've had the team reach out to me from Duda uh, you know, telling me how I can make more money as a web designer, which they completely misunderstand how I like to do business. It's like, you know, it's great that, all right, yeah, they're, they're like, um, due to developers make a higher percentage um, than WordPress developers. And I'm like, well, how does that help the client? It's like, you're going to reduce my, it's like, I don't, you know, I don't want to get a bigger cut of what I'm selling for you. I want to go out there, create a solution that's best for my client. Um, there's also folks out there, they're just like, they're salespeople that have, you know, whether it's offshore or people in the U.S., but they're not doing the work. They're just like out there, you know, flapping their gums, talking about how you should, you know, you do this, like you need this type of website. Um, I've had, you know, I've had friends reach out to me and tell me about, you know, tell me horror stories about these people. So, I mean, like, you you know, when you ask them, are you a, like, that's the first thing, are you a web developer yourself? And if they say yes and say, how long have you been doing it? If it's less than five years and you probably don't want to do business with them. That you makes know, a lot of sense. Uh, you know, especially if it's under a year. And I don't mean to um, be harsh. I mean, there's people that are just fresh out of school and, you know, that's a different story. You're hiring a freelancer a kid out of college that has some experience, that's a little bit different. But like, you know, when you have people that are like, you know, we see it in real estate all the time where it's like, oh, 
you know, a lot of people are realtors. I'm going to go get my real estate license and, you know, start selling homes. It's a heck of a lot harder than it looks, you know, and, and that's the thing about web design. So the other thing I'd ask is tell me about the most challenging project that you built, you know, and show me, show it to me. I want to see how it works. Like, you know, like that's, you want, you want to ask people direct questions because, you know, you're investing, you know, thousands of dollars in someone that's going to handle one of your most important, if not the most important marketing asset for your business. You want to make sure that they know what they're doing and they can be trusted. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what is the most valuable lesson that you've learned through your entrepreneurial journey over the years? A lot of lessons I've learned. Um, the biggest lesson I've learned, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, is the relationships that you build. Um, you never know how someone's going to impact your life. Um, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you were there. Um, but I'll I'll share this for the folks on, on the that are watching this is that um, you know I I went to a networking event online and I met someone who's now one of my closest friends and he you know it was like a domino effect you know meeting him led to me meeting to someone else led me to meeting and when I look at this path that you know the journey overall that I followed. Um, some of the people that have been instrumental are people that looking back at the time, I would have never guessed, you know, would have had that type of an impact. And, you know, I know I've known you and Ken for about a little over a year now. Um, and there's like, you know, we're not really sure where that's going to lead at this point. Like there's probably something that maybe our connection, whether it's for you or Ken or myself, um, will maybe bring us somewhere. And it's like, when we look back, it's like meet that one particular relationship. And I, I see a lot of people will discount people, um, especially a lot of entrepreneurs, because they really only want to work with, um, they want to work with people that, you know, are potential customers, you know, they, they may, they may like bypass someone. And I, that's a huge mistake that a lot of people make. It's like, everybody's got value. Everybody has a story, everybody, you know, you just, never know when that that's going to happen so like my my role is to be nice to everybody um when i i i remember going to an interview at a hospital and i was talking with um the person doing the gardening outside while i was waiting for the interviewer to come down and get me and the interviewer told me after the fact that she's like i was really impressed with the fact that you were talking to a gardener and i'm like yeah, I said, it's like, you know, I've got stuff outside and I just thought what they were doing were interesting and they looked really nice. I want to compliment the person. They're out there on a hot day, sweating it out. And um, so, I mean, it's like, just be nice to people, treat people with respect. Don't, you know, don't, you know, don't do stuff to people that you wouldn't want them to do to you. Um, a lot of that goes without saying, but you'd be shocked at how few people get that. You know, a lot of people have this attitude of the world owes them everything. And, um, you know, and that's they, they take some of these programs and it's like I see them at, at meetings that I go to or, or networking events. And they're like, you know, I have the best this and I have the best that. And I'm like, good. You're what you don't have is the best attitude. And that's why people are not going to, you know, and I, I've seen people fail miserably. You know, I, I've, I've watched them fail miserably because of that. So, 
the to me the biggest lesson is yeah it's just manage your relationships treat people well and um have integrity it's like your character is the most important thing you have it's and i'll kind of end this with one one other quick note is that like you know i because we're in marketing i see a lot of people and their marketing is wonderful but um it's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? Like, you know, when you remove it, it's, it's still a pig. It's like, if, if you don't have it on the inside, um, it'll eventually show through. Yeah. You may get a few clients here. You may, you know, you may grow your business a little bit, but, um, in the long run, you're going to fail. Awesome. Really good advice. All right. Now the most important question, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, jvf.com is our website. You've got all the options on there to book a meeting, to follow us on social. You can email us, call us. That's probably your, your best hub, obviously, the website. Um, but, you know, I'm personally, I'm on um, all the major social media sites. Um, and, uh, you know, you can email me, call me, whatever. All my numbers are out there. Um, if you have any questions, we love hearing from folks. We love to help. Um, yeah. So if you have any follow-up questions that you'd like to learn more about, feel free to reach out again, jvf.com. You can fill out a form and just send us a note. You can book a meeting <laughs> like right there online. It's all, all good. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. There's a lot, a lot of good nuggets in there. You, you've definitely lived a life that is well integrated. So thank you for joining me today and keep being you, man. You're doing awesome. Thank you so much.